Okay, uh, uh, the recording is running. Uh, please ask your question. Okay, uh, Bro Francis, um, I shared your uh, video. That I think uh, I think it says that um, Jesus, um, 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 uh, Jesus is not uh, like he is not existed before. So uh, according um, according to the video that I have um, seen uh, a while ago. Um, I think you said that, or you mean that Jesus, um, sometimes he not he is not existed. Okay. So okay. my question is uh, about the uh, revelation. I think um, you are aware about the revelation one eight. Yes, yes. Uh, revelation one seventeen. Yes. Uh, revelation two eight and revelation twenty two thirteen. Um, particularly in revelation one eight that it is it is um straightforward that God said that he is the first and last. However, in the other verses verses like this um, in Revelation uh, uh, Revelation 2.8, uh, it says this, that um, who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. So probably um, this is Jesus. So uh, my question is, um, how can you reconcile these two um to same, uh, I think this is this is um, the existence of someone um, in who, the past. Uh, yes. So I will uh, reconcile that. And uh, before I give the explanation, uh, I'd like to also to inform you and other listeners here that uh, I have tackled on that topic. Uh, I have also other audio recordings on the topic. I also try to download them. Pre-existence, uh, search the word pre-existence, and maybe that's the exact word, or, or logos like okay. that. So my explanation for the pre-existence, um, the pre-existence of Christ, by the word, by the meaning of the word pre is before, before existence. So the the right understanding of word pre-existence is before existence. Okay, the the Trinitarians and the Arians and the even the Onenesses, uh, not all Onenesses, of course, uh, have a misinterpretation of the word pre-existence. The the pr- proper word for pre, their understanding is previous conscious existence. So the the meaning of the word pre-existence is before existence. Now the the existence of Christ before he became flesh was made flesh. He was in the form of the logos. Uh you've heard of the logos, right? Hello. Yes, sir. The word logos have you you have you heard of that or familiar with that? Yes, uh, John 1:1. 1, 1. So So John used the word logos because the Greeks have been using logos before. The Greeks used the word logos to mean that there must be reason for everything. There must be a purpose for uh, uh, for everything. Uh, they just don't know what it is. When Paul went to uh, Mars Hill, he saw the altar to the unknown God. That unknown God, that the Greeks used the word logos just to just to uh, say there is an annex something that is we could not just understand, but there is an explanation that they just could not understand. So they used the word logos. So the, the original meaning of the word logos is uh, 
the reason, the 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 purpose, or the meaning, or or the the uh, the Bible uh, translated it perfectly. The word they use the word word. When you so Jesus Christ in the beginning was the Word of God. Um, so as the Word of God, His existence before is not as a another being like uh, an angel or another co-equal God or or something uh, superhuman or what or demi God. He was sim- simply sim- uh, uh, to put it simply as the logos of God. Before God started creation, God already had a logos. He had a purpose. And the 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 main theme in God's logos is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, God would not create all things. So, before I continue this, because I'm going to give many proofs in the Bible. Before I give the proofs in the Bible, I'd like to uh, com- uh, give some history of the modern day perception of Jesus Christ. The modern day perception of Jesus Christ, even misusing the word pre-existence, is that he was uh, existing before, he previously existed before, either as God the Father, that's for the oneness, okay? Oneness that is not educated. <laughs> uh, there are educated oneness that they, they sometimes they explained it correctly, partially. And uh, for the Trinitarians, they explain Jesus Christ pre- uh, previously existed as God the Son. A co-equal person, God the Son. Uh, 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 also, there's another person called God the Holy Spirit, a separate uh, being. Okay. For the Arians, Arius, uh, Jesus Christ uh, previously existed as the first created being. That's why he was the first and the last like that. And uh, subordinationism are also like Trinitarians that uh, they all they all pre-existed, all three of them and uh, previously existed, but uh, in a subordinate way. That's Elisoriano's understanding, and some other groups like uh, Fork Watch. So subordinationism is also like Trinitarianism. So we have Arianism, subordinationism, oneness, and Trinitarianism. They all have a previous conscious existence of Christ. Now, uh, I'd just like to give a short history. A short history that uh, those understanding were just developed after the death of the original apostles. Uh, historically, it was just a developed theology. Uh, example, just a, just a brief history. Tertullian was the first to use the word Trinity, Trinitas. He used it for three persons. The word persona, he he applied it for mask. Mask of a drama play. That means to say, an actor can change masks to play different roles. So technically, originally, when Tertullian used the word Trinity, he was more similar to the oneness than the present-day Trinitarians. There was a change in a later century, which that's just a second century. In the third century, that it, it it evolved. It evolved into a separate being, a separate person. So Irenaeus suggested that the Logos might be a separate being. Okay. Then uh, Athanas, uh, uh, for Athanas, there was Alexandrinus. Then there was uh, his mentor of Athanasius. Then Athanasius 
uh, morphed it further in the when he had the debate with Arius uh, in the Council of Nicaea. Of course, he developed this theology that uh, there, uh, Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is a co-equal God, uh, co-equal God person, a person uh, apart from the Father. So, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existing. Yes, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existing. So, uh, co-creators like that. So, um, after Constantine sided with Athanasius, uh, there it took some hundred, several hundred years to, so that the whole world will be converted to that uh, idea. Because previously the other Christians were not like that. But, of course, to submit to the Roman Empire, Roman uh, Catholicism was gradually developed. Um, church and state became one, and Trinitarianism became the norm. Became the norm. So, uh, the, the persona of Athanasius is different from the persona of Tertullian. That's why there is a, what we call, a evolution of the doctrine of the Godhead. In the first, the second and third century, of course, going to the fourth, fifth, sixth, it was it became emplaced already. When the Protestants came out, they memorized that doctrine. When the Pentecostals came out, they just memorized that doctrine. When the Oneness came out, they partially memorized that doctrine. Partially. Because, uh, even Quran, uh, even Quran written about Trinity, they, they Yes, yes, I, I, I agree, I agree. The Quran was also influenced by that. They're claiming to be a restoration of correction of the false teachings. But they some sometimes in the Quran I found some verses that speak as though they are in the plural sense. God was in the plural sense that we like that <laughs> as though they are. Plu- yes, but we the, or us. yeah, yeah, us, yes. But the Bible does not speak that way. Okay, it, when the Bible speaks that way, it does not ne- always speak that way. Uh, it could be understood that God was talking to angels in several verses that he he spoke in the plural. Uh, but uh, in other verses, he spoke already in the singular. So that's where Quran uh, faltered out. Now, let me give the uh, how Jesus Christ should be uh, how Jesus Christ should be understood. Maybe some Antinicene fathers that wrote uh, their their uh, apologetics might support it. No, Jesus Christ is a second Adam. So he's a second creation of God as the Son of God. He's not uh, pretending uh, in the Trinitarian version or Oneness version. It's like that he, prete- he he just uh, masked himself to appear as second Adam. Just uh, appeared to be like that. He just uh, appeared to be like a man. But uh, the original understanding is if he's the second Adam... He is not uh, previously existing. He only um, was in the Logos of God. So when Adam fell, God already knew he would fa- fall. God just continued creation because he saw the over- Christ would overcome. So in verse 3, John 1, 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The Creator was God, the Father, and when He created, He did not need any help. He did, so He did not need the help of uh, another co-equal God. 
Isaiah 44:24 he said um I uh how did he say it he was alone when he created the worlds no one was beside him when he created the uh, when he started creating that's Isaiah 44:24 so there are many other verses about that uh so what was the role of Jesus Christ in God's creation because in that statement, Christ is the object of the preposition. In uh, if you if you would understand uh, John one three, uh, in the Old English, the word by is not a direct creator; it is the object of a preposition. That's why in in other Bible translations, they 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 change the word by into through. All things were made by, were made through Him. Um, you're aware of that? I th- I presume you're aware of that, right? The modern translation. Hello? Yes, yes, sir. Because by, by is a Greek word for dia, which is a, like a mediator, a media. It is something that passes through. It's not direct. I'm going to give you a scripture, if you have a Bible, I hope you could open it, to to give you a more in, insight into this uh, uh, object of the preposition. Uh, ca- can you read the Bible right now? Can you open a Bible right now? So maybe you're using a cell phone or computer. So open up in Ephesians three nine, King James. Uh, if it's not three nine, King James. Three nine. Yes. I'm gonna show the object. Ephesians three nine. Yes. It says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid. In God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So that mystery is also logos. That's uh, what how the Greeks use the word logos. Now, you you notice there, God created all things. He is the subject, so he is the direct creator. Then it mentions by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the object of creation. Meaning. Uh, it's created for Jesus Christ. It's created because of Jesus Christ. It's created for the purpose of Jesus Christ. So, uh, Paul will repeat that also in uh, verse 11. Could you read 11? Hello? 11. Yes. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, so that purpose is also logos. The, how the Greeks, of course, the Greeks do not know God and do not know Jesus Christ. And John used their terminology to show them who Jesus Christ was in the, from the beginning. Jesus Christ was the very meaning of creation, the very essence. Not because he is another creator, but because he was the major uh, theme and purpose and reason of God. Without Jesus Christ, God will never create from the start. That's what John 1.3 was saying. Without Him, nothing made would be made. Without Jesus Christ, God would never create in the first place. So, John 1.1, that Logos was with, was with God from the beginning. When it says the Word was God, that Logos was God, it was God all along who had that Logos, 
And it was to express Himself. And if Jesus Christ was that Logos, God would express Himself through Jesus Christ. That's the meaning of the word, word. The, the, uh, the, the word, the spelling of the word, word, the meaning of the word, word, is uh, God's expression. So when God had a purpose, He would express that purpose. When God will have creation, it's part of His expression. It's part of His word. The whole world's, the whole world was framed by the word, word of God. Hebrews, that's in Hebrews. So let me say, uh, Jesus Christ's role in creation is not as another God to help the first God to create, but to give inspiration to God the Father, to give Him purpose, to give Him meaning, to give Him uh, cause. That's why we exist. Because of Jesus Christ. Because God foresaw that Jesus Christ would overcome. That's why God proceeded with creation. If God did not see Jesus Christ overcoming, and for the reasons of other angels, of or Adam, or us, he, God will not proceed in creation. God would not see any victory in creation unless he saw the victory of Jesus Christ in overcoming things. That's what Logos is. It, Logos is also God's omniscience. The omniscience of God is in is what is described by the word Logos. Now, uh, let's go to Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.15 could also very well be the misunderstood by others as the first and the last. No, uh, You know Colossians 1.15? Hello? Just the, the, the image. Yes. Uh, it is the firstborn oh, oh. of every creature. Yes. Please open that uh, verse, and I'm going to explain that. Uh, uh, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So that this is where the Jehovah's Witnesses and many others would interpret, and also Armstrong, would interpret that Jesus Christ was first created. That's why he also previously existed before, because he was the firstborn. He was first created. Now, um, I would like to show the being firstborn does not necessarily have to be in time. The firstborn could be in the Logos. He was firstborn because of the Logos. He was the first and the last in the mind of God. Because without Jesus Christ, there would be no creation. He is first and the last also means he is the author and finisher of the faith, of our faith. Author doesn't mean he is the creator directly like God the Father, but he's the reason God the Father created because even before Jesus Christ overcame, God predestinated all things to be under him, to be inherited by him. God predestinated him and predestinated the bride church and others and the whole creation itself that it will be under him. All creation was because of him, of his sacrifice, his overcoming. So even before Christ was created, or Christ came to being, that this foreknowledge of God, that is His being firstborn or being the author of our faith. Uh, you know that verse, right? The, the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Yes, yes. Okay, I had audio for that. I hope you can download that. The glory which I had with thee before the world was, it was the glory of John 1, 17, uh, 5. Uh, but we're gonna. Uh, before that, uh, bro Francis, uh, okay. I, I am 
very confused about this word firstborn. Why why firstborn? Why why not why not other word like I think this is very important na uh, important word. Why what 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 is firstborn? Okay, uh before before I explain firstborn uh, I'd like to also, if you can take note of that, search for Genesis 1.26. I have a video of Genesis 1.26 about the firstborn. So, uh, I hope you can listen to that also. Uh, uh, now, the word firstborn there is same to the firstborn in Colossians 1.18. Be- being born in the image of God does not mean you have to be born... At Firstborn, being firstborn means not, not not to be first in time, but to be first in the image, the fullness of the image of God. So, you can say the angels in Adam was in the image of God, but the fullness of the image of God will be in Jesus Christ. He would be the first. Uh, you know John, Colossians 1.18, right? He was the firstborn from the grave. Oh, from the dead, yes. Yeah, from the dead, okay. Being firstborn from the dead is like this. Unless you overcome, you're not thoroughly the Son of God. Galatians 4, unless you have tutor under tutors and training, you will not inherit all things. You're not rightfully called the Son unless you overcome. So, in, in Colossians 1.15, the firstborn there of the, every creature is that creature created in the image of God. That's why it mentions... He is the image of the invisible God. When God said in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image, Adam was not the ultimate fulfillment of that. Adam was just a type. The ultimate fulfillment of that image is Jesus Christ and the church. Adam and Eve was just a type of Jesus Christ and the church. It will be in Jesus Christ and the church where the fullness of the image will be manifested. When I say fullness of the image, it's not just you are holy, you are godly, you are divine, but you are also supernatural. You have the power of God. You have the exact uh, homoousios, no? the exact same nature of God. So, so the fullness of the image is not just homoousios or similar nature or divine nature, but deity nature, uh, the, the exact, even the power of God, you have that. That will be achieved in the resurrection. That will not be achieved while we are on earth, while we are sinners. Uh, Christ will not achieve that if He did not die and be resurrected in power and glory. Christ will just like be another Adam before Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. If Christ said, unless a seed dies, it abideth alone. So unless He gave His life and be resurrected in power and glory, He abideth alone just like Adam was. He might not die, Adam was immortal before he sinned. So, but that kind of image is not complete. The image of God in Adam was not complete. That so, is, so, so, bro, fa, bro, brother Francis, uh, do, do you mean like God or uh, God, let, um, God, like God or so just, um, it just, will become God, uh, like, 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 uh, uh, sorry, I'm not teaching about we become God. Elisha Renish in inadequate. Let me give the full explanation. You you know the word homoiosis and homoosius? Are, are you familiar with that? Okay, let me give some background of that. 
Uh, Athanasius and Arius used this word when they debated about Jesus Christ. Athanasius used the word homoousius, that Jesus Christ is exactly the same as God the Father, as God himself. Okay? Arius used the word homoousius to say Jesus Christ is not exactly the same as God the Father, but something similar. Okay? So, what I'm just saying right now is they're both correct. But homoiosius is incomplete. Homoiosius is like Adam or the angels. You're not exactly like God. But when the angels become theophanies, are you aware of the word theophany? Theophany means God spoke through you as though you are God himself. <laughs> Have you heard of the word theophany? Okay, the word theophany is used by the scholars when the God himself spoke through the, an angel. An angel speaks in the first person of God, I am God. Uh, I am your I am your God, like that. So, even even prophets can speak in the first person of God. That Those are temporary theophanies. The angels, they're temporary theophanies. So, the rest of the time, they're not direct theophanies. They're indirect theophanies. They're just like messengers of God. That's the meaning of the word angel or agilos, messenger. So, the, if you are born into the image of God, the complete being born in, in the image of God, you must, it's not just homoiosis. It's not just something similar. It's not just like Adam-like or angel-like. It will be exactly like God. So, maybe the right understanding for the Trinity in co-equality is that Christ will achieve co-equality after He overcame. Because God will give it to Him. It's not because He inherently had it or he inherently owns it but it's because of inheritance because he would be given power and authority equal with God God would give to him all judgments God will not judge himself God but give all the keys to him all the the word right hand right hand meaning he he has all the my my power of attorney. He has all my uh uh my my discretion. My decision is his decision. His decision is my decision. So that is uh I will say the biblical co equality with God. The co equality of Jesus Christ with God, that is homoousius, but that is that will be given after resurrection. It was not originally inherent. That's why he was the, in the reading, he was the object of the preposition. Now, we've uh, read Colossians 1.15. Could you read verse 16? Verse 16. Okay. Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.16. Okay. And for by him... 16, right? For yes. by Him we were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, where whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. So, notice again the object of the preposition. And uh, the Tagalog, uh, supposed King James, rendered it much more beautifully. I'm going to quote the Tagalog of the supposed King James. I say supposed because what they say Tagalog King James is not actually King James. 
Okay. So uh, let me if you have if you have that Tagalog King James, supposed King James there, you can also uh uh read along with it when I quote it. I'm gonna just gonna quote the first part. Sapagkat sa kanya nila lang. So sapagkat sa kanya nila lang ang lahat ng bagay. It does not mean he he shine lumalang. He 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 is the creator. It means all cre- things were created by him. That by is true, and for him, he is the recipient of creation. So Christ was co-creator in the beginning by logos. In the beginning, God needs a purpose, and God needs someone who inherit all things, and His Son will be the firstborn in His image. He would be the first man in God's image. So what about Adam? He fell. And he did not complete the homoousius. He we did not overcome. How about the prehistoric men? <laughs> They're not in the image of God. So Christ was the first. He, we can say he was the first man that, that fulfilled the perfect will of God. All prophets are also sinners. All previous patriarchs are also sinners. So, they all, Jesus Christ, they don't realize it. Jesus Christ was the firstborn. So, that's, it's not in time. Because He showed what it is like to live and to be a man according to God's will. According to God's uh, perfect heart. Per, to live perfectly according to God's own heart. So, Jesus Christ, when He uh, overcame and resurrected, that that's why he was also firstborn from the dead. Because it's starting from resurrection, it will be uh, the resurrection of Christ and the church that includes the whole 2,000 years of church ages. That's the time God will create man in his image. Uh, I'm just gonna in, insert or sing it tong Genesis 1. When God said, let us make man in our image, if you notice, that is between the fifth day and the sixth day. So, between the fifth day and the sixth day, that is the fifth thousandth year and the six thousandth year, according to the typology of human creation week. If you're going to start from Adam until right now, it is just six thousand years. For the last two thousand years, that is the fifth day and the sixth day. So, when God said, let us make man in our image, he was not merely referring to Adam. He was referring to Jesus Christ and the church. At the end of these 2,000 years, Christ will resurrect His uh, predestinated believers and it will become the bride church and they will be same in power and glory in the resurrection. So when Christ was mentioned by Paul that He's the firstborn from the dead, Christ was the first man created in the image of God which He will bring many others into His image also. Uh, could you uh, read uh, Colossians 3.10? Colossians 3.10. Hello. Okay, Colossians 3.10. Uh, in James Version, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The image of God who created Christ. We put on that new man, which is that image of Christ. That image of Christ is the image of God 
He created in Christ Jesus, and we will be the pattern to Him. Uh, similar verse, uh, could you open uh, Romans 8.29? Romans 8.29.30. Okay, Romans 8.29. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be confirmed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Firstborn, amen. First, first, the, the word firstborn now does not apply to the to the beginning of time, like the interpretation of some Jehovah's Witnesses. He was first created, or Armstrong. But he, when he would be firstborn in the image of God, that he would be the pattern of other brethren to be also in his image. In Romans eight twenty nine. When you read the word foreknowledge, a foreknown, and predestinated, that is the Logos of God. In the Logos of God, He already foreknew everyone, even Jesus Christ. And He foresaw Jesus Christ would, would overcome. That's why He predestinated everyone to be conformed in the image of Jesus Christ. He pro, God proceeded with creation because of Jesus Christ. All things were made by Him, by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, nothing made that would be made. So the co-creatorship of Christ in the beginning was being as being the logos of God, not being another God. A while ago, I mentioned God, Christ would be co-equal with God by because of overcoming and in, inheriting all things. That is another co-creatorship of Christ, being the theophany, a permanent theophany of God. So his co-creatorship in the beginning was for inspiration of God the Father. But Christ is also co-creator in uh, in bringing us to the image of God. So another co-creatorship of Christ is when isn't it if if you apply it to the church age let us make man in our image God would be speaking to Jesus Christ. If it would be in the church age if it would be in that time, Christ would be in the form of Logos. And God would be speaking to someone else, like the archangels and the, and the ordinary angels. That would be his audience. The archangels type Jesus Christ. The angels type the church. Now let's look at the church. When God uh, resurrected Christ, he became a mediator. Would you agree? Hello? Again? When God resurrected Jesus Christ, He became a mediator. Oh. Did you agree? Yeah, He's a mediator of the new covenant yes. in the church age. I can't answer for now. <laughs> okay, uh, if you're not aware, let me just uh, say it right now. Jesus Christ, after He went up to heaven, He became our high priest. He became our mediator. Uh, just for reference, uh, please read First Timothy 2.5. First Timothy two five. This is where you get the word dia. First Timothy two five. Uh, for this is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So the the mediator means he is also he is our high priest. So while 
the 2,000 years church age is not yet over. Christ is mediating between the church and God. Every believer sins. So every believer needs a mediator so that the mediator could be brought into his image. So another reference, just for reference, okay? First uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. First John chapter 2, verse 1. Okay, my little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So the advocate is also the mediator in First Timothy 2, 5 that you read. Being the mediator, he is the firstborn, and he... So that we would be brought into His image. That why that is why God said, "Let us make man in our image." The ultimate fulfillment of that is Jesus Christ. You you can say like how the Trinitarians interpreted: God was speaking to Jesus Christ, but not in the time of Adam, but in our time. God was speaking to Jesus Christ: "Let us make man in our image." So, man would be created in the image of God through Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. That's the ultimate fulfillment of that verse. That's why I asked you to look for my video on that. Although there are many other topics in different titles yes, yes, yes. you could look for. Well, I, I want to ask to, to be clear that asking for our... Um, who, who, who are they? Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, I have other audios of this. I hope you can download that. Um... Uh, Jesus Christ was co-creator in the past as Logos. Being the Logos of God, He is a passive co-creator. When you say passive, He's not active. Okay? Because He's the Logos. Eh? He's the, the purpose of God, the, the plan of God, the, the theme, the reason, the objective, the object of the preposition. So, But in the New Testament, He is, he is already an active co-creator. Do you know how? His active co-creatorship is bringing us in the image, into the image of the Father. He is, he is conscious right now here in the New Testament. He is actively right now bringing us into His image. He is molding us. He is molding every believer. So Christ being a co-creator of God actively, not passively, here in the New Testament, He had the same uh, image co-equal power of God to bring every believer into his image. So, so, so Brother Francis, do you mean that um, that word is something, not someone, right? Yes, yes. The word is a... Uh, the word is Logos, right? So, that Logos is yes, yes. a characteristic of God. Now, inside that Logos is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Logos of God. But with the right understanding, we do not interpret it as another God, but God's Logos itself. What The, mean, the okay. meaning of the word Logos, use it per se, without any addition. Now, the interpretation of uh, others that He is a co-equal God, which will take place here in the New Testament, when He is um, resurrected and given all power and authority. You remember Christ saying, all power 
and authority from heaven was given unto me. Yes. So that means they, he is no longer just a logos. He is a theophany. Let me give an example of a theophany. Uh, he has power to forgive. Okay. I said a while ago, angels are temporary theophanies in the Old Testament. Maybe they take turns of being a theophany. Lucifer was once a theophany of God. That's why he wa- the angels uh, could bow down to him. And he could pretend to be a theophany when he would usurp the authority from God. Uh, please open up in Exodus chapter 23. I'm going to show you an example of the power of a theophany. Uh, Exodus. 23. Uh, you start from verse uh, uh, 20. I will send my angel before you. Is that the right verse? 20. Behold, I will send my angel before you. It says, uh, it says Behold, I send an angel. Exodus 23, 20. Behold, I send an angel before me to keep me in the way to, and to bring me into the place that I have prepared. Okay, 21. Wow. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. You see that? The angel had the authority from God. And that angel had the discretion from God. If he will be, if the, the sins of the people will be pardoned or not. Uh, continue the verse. Provoke him not. Continue the verse. Continue reading. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. So, you see, that that's a power of delegation. That's a power of theophany. It's as though you are God. You know that Moses was uh, metaphorically referred to as God, and Aaron was his prophet. You know that? I forgot that verse. That's in Exodus. When uh, God said, you will be as God, and Aaron will be your prophet. You know that? Okay, that means say... Yes. That means say, God can delegate His authority. And even the word God could also be used. Okay? Uh, let's open to Exodus chapter 3. You read from 1 to 6. Exodus 3, 1 to 6. Draw not night hither, put off thy shoes 
the son can do nothing of himself but what he said the father do or what things soever he doeth this also doeth the son likewise continue up to 22 so 19 to 20 And 520, for the father loveth the son, and sheweth him all things that himself doeth. And he will shew him greater works than this, that he may marvel. So, verse 21. For as the father raised up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. Okay? 22. So, 22. For the Father judge no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So, you see the the deity of Jesus Christ comes from the Father, the power, the authority, even His Spirit, His presence, His holiness. So, Jesus Christ being the theophany of God is not... in not according to the present day Trinitarian interpretation that he is another co-equal from the start. But originally from the Bible, he inherited all those things. And he he sat down the right hand of the Father. That means to say, he was vested with that full power of God the Father. So, he also can be said co-creator when? In the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, God, God will initiate a redemption plan. This redemption plan includes the glorification of His children into His image. Bringing man into His image. Redemption is not just redeeming them from going to the lake of fire. It's giving them glory. It's empowering giving them the power to rule the power of creation, the power of everything. That uh, The church will in, inherit that in the resurrection. Christ was the first to be resurrected. That's why He was the firstborn from the dead in the image of God. What about the image He was born with uh, when the Word was made flesh, when He was born as a baby? That image was just like Adam's image. That image was not yet the fullness the fullness would gradually be given to him. When he was baptized, the fullness of God indwelt him. When he resurrected, his flesh inherited that power of immortality. And he would be given power and authority over all people of the earth, whoever he will, baptized by his spirit, the spirit of the Father. Um, so, uh, let me answer first the first and the last. Jesus Christ was the first because He was the Logos of God. Jesus Christ is the last because He's the, theof, the firstborn in the theophany of God. So that is also He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he, even before He was, He overcame, before He was born, before He decided to overcome, God foresaw it. So God made Him an author. He was the author. Without Him, God would not have proceeded. Without Him, there's no redemption. Without Him, creation is nothing. It's meaningless. It's just like atheists or humanists or what? Or deists. 
creation will be just purposeless, directionless. It's just like mindless evolution. But creation has a purpose. Creation has a direction. The very purpose is to bring out sons and daughters of God in His image. And Christ would be that co-creator when? In this New Testament. In these 2,000 years. So before, in the Old Testament, He was not a co-creator in the image of God. He was the reason, the logos behind creation. But in creation, there would be no image of God until there is this overcoming sin and death by resurrection. From the cross, from grave to the cro- cross to the grave to the rising up again. And the same with the believers. They will give, the believers will give their lives for the gospel, for Christ. And the believers will be resurrected also in His glory. So that's when Christ was a co-creator with God, the Father, in bringing people to his man in, in His image. That's the right application. Not Adam's application is insufficient, very incomplete. And if you only focus on there, you miss the whole picture. That's why there's inter- there are misinterpretations like, God spoke to another God, let us make man like an image. So it became like that. Later, later. So, so, so how about uh, so how about God when in Revelation one eight when he say also he is uh, he is the first and the last. The same as the author and finisher of the faith. Jesus Christ is the Alpha Omega, the first and the last. If you notice in verse eighteen he mentioned from the grave because he overcame death. That is the same theme as in Colossians. Being firstborn from the dead. When He is the first and the last, He is the beginning of God's creation. God will never create the world without Him. Uh, um, Revelation 3.14 uh, The first, the beginning of the creation of God. The first and the last. So, it, not just our faith, but even the creation of the world. The, the creation of the world, the whole universe, even earth, and all these things, the history, it's because of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, no, there is not, there's no creation at all. Without Jesus Christ, there's no redemption at all. That is why He's the first and the last. He can say, I am the first, I am the last. And of course, let me answer some oneness uh, apologetics. I wonder if you've heard of the oneness apologetics. Like he, They will quote God in the Old Testament as saying He's the first and the last. Then they will quote Jesus Christ saying he's the first and last to say, to show that Jesus Christ is God the Father himself. Have you heard of that kind of reasoning? Yes, I think um, Patripassianism. Uh, Not just Patripassianism. Uh, Patripassianism is just one version of the oneness. Like the Father experienced the passion of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but Sabellianism or overall this under this oneness understanding not so different from Tertullian, although they're separated before, um, they will quote God the Father saying He's the first and the last. And they will quote Jesus Christ in the New Testament saying He's the first and the last. So I will say, they will just equate the two, or He is the one and only first and the last. But let me tell you, God can delegate this nature. God can give His life, His always life. God can give His power and authority. So this is the part that they miss out. 
that God the Father, if He is the first and the last, but the object of His creation can also be the first and the last. Jesus Christ can also be the first and the last by God's uh, delegation, by God's purpose, by God's reason. So, when God uh, made Christ to be the heir of all things, He made Christ to inherit all things. He inherits all creation and all redemption. So, Christ is also the first and the last by inheritance. Christ is first and the last by being the object of God's creation and redemption and perfection. Yes, yes. It's not about time, but if you understand the word logos, it's timeless. It's timeless. The, how Jesus Christ was injected in the middle of history between B.C. and A.D. It shows something. It, God was pointing us to something. He showed the fall. Then He showed redemption. All possible because of Christ. Creation was possible because of Christ, because God foresaw Him. Redemption was possible because of Christ overcoming and sacrifice. And perfection, God will create a new heaven and new earth because of Christ. When, the, when God create new heaven and new earth, it will be the, another week, another, the 7,000 years of human creation week is over. And that will be another week. And that will be God, uh, 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 the creation enjoying itself. And Christ and the bride is finished crea- being created already. And Christ and the church be- become a glorified church, become the the new Jerusalem. They are all. Christ is no longer the only one who is theophany. Christ is not the only one who is glorified body. Christ is not the only one who is the power of God. The whole church. Did you know that in the church age, uh, there is a verse that God will make those people who persecuted the believers to worship under their feet, to worship under the feet of the believers. You know that verse? Have you read that verse? Yes. So that means say, not just Christ, even the believers will have that power of God. So the right understanding of when you quoted Elisirani saying becoming God, it is the it is the depth of it. I wonder if they've reached that the depth of it because if they have the wrong understanding of the Godhead, they miss out everything. If they misplace Jesus Christ in time, then they've mis they misplaced how how the glory would be received. They misplaced uh, the the ultimate application. They focused the man created only in, in the time of Adam, in the image of God. They will not. They will miss that the ultimate creation in the image of God is, will be in the in the church age. The glory that Christ was praying for was resurrection. Glorify now, though me. With the glory which I had with thee. How did Christ had glory with the Father before? In the Logos. Did you know, did you know the verse that Christ, uh, that uh, John said, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world? Have you read that verse? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that was in the Logos. He did, was not literally slain back there before creation. That was in the Logos of God. The Lamb was already prepared to be slain even before creation started. It was all, all predestinated. It was all predestinated. So, when Christ said, glorify now though me, why would he be asking for some glory that he already received? Because the glory he had before was in the Logos form. The glory he was asking, it will be the theophany then, the, the manifestation, the fulfillment. So let me give some scriptures to 
reinforce this uh, John 17:5 understanding. Uh, open up in First Peter chapter one verse eleven. First Peter chapter one verse eleven. Okay. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the oh, suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. When it testified beforehand, that was Logos. And the glory that should follow, that was the resurrection. Would you agree? The suffering and the glory that should follow. Do you believe that the glory that should follow is the resurrection? After his death and burial? Hello? I want you to meditate very clearly right now. First Peter one uh, eleven. Did not did it not yet did it not take place in his resurrection when the glory that should follow? The sufferings when yes, where yes, and that glory that should yes. follow. So so when the prophet signified beforehand, testified beforehand, that was the logos. That's the plan, the predestination. The suffering, that was the cross. That was the cross. The glory that should follow, that's the glory of resurrection. So that was what, why was Christ praying for that? Because he was about to be, in John 75, he was about to be apprehended. That was his last prayer as a free man. You get the picture? As a free mortal man, that was his last prayer. Glory, Father, glorify now though me with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So if uh, Elisoriani will say, he received his glory before, what about the glory of the resurrection? Which... So, so by the way, bro, is it lost that he want to get something? Like um, it says glory before, but he want to uh, give... Um, Re- receive it again. To give him, uh, again. Him. Yes, what your question is precisely the contradiction of others' interpretation. Others' interpretation, he already received it before. So the question, did he lose it? <laughs> did he lose it? But that's why he was asking for it again? <laughs> that would be the contradiction. That would be the relevant question to the, from, from their interpretation. Did he literally receive it before? So the answer, the simple answer is, in the Logos, he did not literally receive it before. <laughs> It was pre-planned by God, like the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. The glory of the resurrection was in the Logos of God, not yet manifested in the past. So He never lost it. It was already always there. But that was a Logos. That was not a, a literal manifestation yet. That was not yet a theophany. That was not yet God's manifestation. It was just in his mind, in the mind of God, in the word of God, in the testifying beforehand. This is where Soriano missed it, and many others. In First Peter one eleven, when the prophets testified beforehand, that was in the logos. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you understand the glory? The glory, Christ never lost it, because Christ had an appointed time to receive it. That is why he said, 
Glorify now, though me. Now it is the time. Father, you promised that glory. Now it is time for me to receive it. You get the picture? Hello? Hello, hello. So, uh, let me give you one verse to show you what is Logos and what is Theophany. Uh, what is uh, pre-planned and the glory that was uh, pre-appointed for him, predestinated for him, and uh, when that will be manifested. Okay? Uh, please uh, go to Hebrews one one and one two. This is where many missed it. Hebrews one one and one two. Hebrews one one two. God who sun dry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed here of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. You see? You see? Was the Son in the, in the Old Testament? Was the Son speaking for God in the Old Testament? According to what many denominations preach, almost majority teaches, like Jesus Christ was there consciously in the Old Testament. Was he a spokesman for God in verse 1? Hmm. Okay. Oh, it says here, in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So it was the prophets and, and, and the angels. So the son was not a spokesman in verse 1, right? So when did the son become a spokesman of God? When did his last days. When is that last days? That's the New Testament. That's from the time that the word was made flesh. So it's no longer just a word, no longer just a logos. It was made flesh. So verse 2 starts from John, the New Testament, John 1.14. You get the picture? Hello? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so we can say... But, but, but to confirm, bro, uh, in, in these last days, it means the time of the author of this Hebrew, right? Yes. The last days when Paul was writing, when the Messiah already arrived. That's the last days. The last days started when okay. Christ, from being a word, became flesh, was made flesh. He was he, that's the time when Christ was conscious and why Christ was the spokesman for God. So Christ was not there in the Old Testament. Where was Christ in the Old Testament? He was in God. He was as the logos. He was the hidden mystery. You know what hidden mystery? Uh, Ephesians three nine a while ago. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. He was a mystery in the Old Testament. He was not revealed. Where was Christ? He was in God. He was the Logos of God. Do you know the verse that Christ said, I proceeded out and came forth from God. You know that verse? No, no, no. He uh, came from God. Yes. Yes. That's John 8.40. There are two verses in also John 16. So, 
if Christ came out from God, there was a time Christ was not revealed because Christ was in the mind of God. Christ was in the logos of God. Christ was in the 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 genes of God, the seed of God. You understand seed, like the seed of God, monogenes theos, the, the God seed. That God seed, he was still part of God. Yes. He was not yet manifested. He did not yet come out. So, I know this goes against many theologies, memorized theologies, sadly. Memorized theologies means they memorize he must be there. He must be there. But uh, they they contradict many scriptures. He's the first. That's why he must be there. They do not understand the word first. And last. Let me show you some contradiction of his uh, previous conscious existence. Uh, I'd just like to add this to, to make to give you a more clearer picture. Luke chapter 2 verse uh, 40. Please read. Luke up chapter 2 verse 40. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child grew and walked strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Did do you think God needs to walk strong? No, no, no. God is already strong. He doesn't have to be filled with wisdom. He is already full of wisdom. Okay, verse fifty-two. Verse fifty-two. Okay, verse fifty-two. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. Does God increase in wisdom? Or not? No, 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 of course. God does not increase. So what was increasing in wisdom, what was growing in stature, in, in, in getting strong in spirit, is His Son. And when did He start growing? When He was growing up as a child. So if we will follow the inter, uh, explanation of oneness and th- trinitarians and many others, Arians, subordinationists, they will say, uh, he just uh, acted like a man. You know how silly that looks like. <laughs> he, he Just to explain away, just to pro- pro- uh, protect their theology, they will say, uh, because he was on earth, he had to look like a man. He had to, to grow like a man. Now, what can I say about that? It, yes, I think uh, they, they always use the, um, or we, actually, yes. uh, we, all, uh, we use um, Philippians 2, uh, if you... Uh, we'll, go to Philippi, Philippi, we'll go to Philippians. Then, we'll go to Philippians. And then the John 1, 14, which the word became flesh. Actually, uh, we're going to go to that. Let me just answer. If Christ grew in knowledge... If we will follow their theology, he had an amnesia. He had, again, the similar question you are posed for the glory. Did he lose his glory? Or uh, Some will even admit to that, yes, he left his God, he left his deity up in heaven. <laughs> That's how they explain Philippians. He left his, his glory, he left his deity. That's why he had an amnesia, he had to grow, he'd grow his knowledge again. Just to show to us he's a man. Okay, let me explain John 1.14. 
In the original King James, what does it say? And the word, uh, are you there, uh, still far? Do, do you know how King James rendered it? The word was made flesh. Yes. And dwelt among us. So, cross open parentheses, and we beheld his glory, the glory of us, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, if the Word was made flesh, did someone create Him? If we're going to follow that word, made, did someone make Him? Did someone else make Him? Because He was made. The Word was made flesh. Was He created? According to that word, made? In your belief, he is not. But according to the oh, word yes. made, according to the word made, yes. All right. Uh, uh, you agree? The word made, someone made him. If though you follow the word made. Okay. Let me give you further uh, reinforcement for that. In John one three, the word made there. It's the same word as John one fourteen made. That's why uh, this King James rendering is much better than the other newer versions. In newer versions, the word became flesh. They rendered it as the word became flesh. But if you go to the original Greek, the word was made flesh. The word made there is ginomai. It's the same word in John one three. All things were made by him, Ginomai also. So King James got a, got a better translation. So if King James got a better translation, Christ was really made by God from being the Logos to be flesh. Flesh meaning, meaning manifested, uh, epiphania, epiphany, made flesh. Theophany, God made flesh. So, so, so John one fourteen uh, does not mean he he previously was called, existed consciously. John one fourteen even shows that he did not previously consciously exist. He was previously was a word. Then he was made flesh. You, you get the picture. Hello. Hello. So, I hope you're following me. Uh, uh, unless you got sleepy, tell, just tell me. <laughs> so, um, John one fourteen does not uh, does not imply he previously was conscious. It even implies he previously was Logos. From being a Logos, he's no longer just a Logos. It's as simple as that. He, he, he stopped being just a Logos. That's why the word was God. It's in the past tense. You get the picture? He's still a Logos, but he's not no longer just a Logos. John one fourteen shows he's, he was previously just a Logos, but now he's no longer just a Logos. You get the picture? Hello? Okay, let's go to, Phil let's go to Philippians 2. 
I'm gonna show some misinterpretation by the majority. Please uh, read uh, Philippians 2.6. I'm gonna show first the interpretation of others. Then I will show you their contradictions. Please read uh, Philippians 2.6. King James, King James preferably. Although in other versions, I could uh, I could bear with it, but I take some explanations. Okay. Who being in the form of God, not it not robbery to be equal with God. Okay, in Trinitarian oneness and many other interpretations, he was in heaven. He was in heaven in verse six. He was in the form of God. He thought it not rabbi to be equal with God because he, he has his own deity. Okay, he doesn't need to get it from the Father. So that's the the the, the traditional interpretation. Okay, verse eight. Uh, sorry, verse seven. Please read verse seven. Verse seven. but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So many interpret this as from being God in heaven, he became a man. That's why he took the form of a servant. Okay. Uh, made himself of no reputation, but took the form of a servant. Would you agree that is a traditional belief of many? Maybe also yours. This is, uh, I think in, in the Christian world, yes, they, it is um, almost majority interpretation. Almost, uh, majority. Okay. If Jesus Christ was God uh, before in heaven, and he became man when he took the form of a servant, first, we must think the same way also. Please read verse 5. Please read verse 5. In verse 5, in your relation... Oh, King James again. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, that, what, what, was, what was that mind? That was verse 6. So, what was in the mind of Christ? That's verse 6 and 7. So if we interpret verse 6 and 7, you're God, he was God before in heaven and just became man on earth, then we must think the same way also. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do you, do you, do you think that's correct? Yes. Uh, are we God in heaven before? Do you believe that? No, no, no. no. We're, we're not God before in heaven. And let me show you that Christ is also not God before in heaven before. When Christ received that form of God, he was already resur- he was already indwelt by God, the Spirit of God. Did you know that uh, when Christ was baptized, you can read the verse that the Spirit of God indwelt him, abode in him? Yes, yes. Okay. I will prove to you that's the time of that verse who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be because Because we are also the same thing. When we become believers, God will also indwell us. 
God will place a portion of Christ's Spirit in us. So the same with Christ. When Christ was in the form of God, it was He was not in heaven. He was on earth. You get the picture? Christ was on earth when He was in the form of God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now let me prove it to you. But took upon Himself, uh, made no reputation of Himself, but took upon Him uh, the form of a servant. Let me ask you. If you are a baby, are you a servant? Let's say uh, Christ became a baby because He was God before in heaven. Is a baby a form of a servant? I, I can answer that. <laughs> uh, I, uh, common sense. Because I, think, because I think, bro, Francis, this servant thing is connected to that man thing. That's the, that's right. the interpretation of, of every everyone. That is how they interpret. Okay. If you're a man, you're a servant. But did you know man does yes, not yes, necessarily yes. have to be a servant? If you read Psalms 8, uh, man is crowned with glory. Man is glorious, supposedly, originally. He is not immediately a servant. You have to do something to be a servant. Not, just because you're a man, doesn't immediately mean you're a servant. That is the misinterpretation. You get the picture? When people think as of a servant in in Philippians two seven, they think of man, the image of man. No, I beg to disagree. Before you become a servant, you have to humble yourself. You have to make yourself of no reputation. You have to be old enough to be a servant. Let me ask you, when did Jesus Christ started his ministry? When did Jesus Christ started serving? In the ministry. 30, 30, 30. 30 years old. Precisely. He, he he did not took the form of a servant when he was a baby. You get the picture? When he was a baby, <laughs> it would be Joseph and Mary who would be serving him. Because the baby has special needs, right? Let me ask you, if you have a baby, if you've seen others serving a baby, who is serving who? Is the baby serving the parents or the parents serving the baby? <laughs> Okay. So, so, so the baby is not immediately in the form of a servant. You cannot tell a baby, "Pagtimpla mo kong kape." <laughs> you cannot tell a baby, "Do something for me." No, you have to constantly keep vigil. Maybe a, mosqu- a mosquito might bite him. You see, you must constantly be awake. You have sleepless nights over a baby. You see. So their interpretation from God in heaven becoming a baby, that's Philippians 2, 7. Wrong. That's wrong. The right understanding is when God indwelt Christ after his baptism, he started his ministry. That's verse 7. Uh, verse 6. Being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. How did Christ have a form of God? Because God delegated him power. God gave him during his ministry, even before his resurrection, God delegated to Christ some power. You, we read that a while ago. The Son can do nothing of Himself. Whatsoever He seeth the Father do, He doeth likewise. God was directing Him what to do. God was the one working in Him. It was not His own power. The Son can do nothing of Himself. 
God judges no man, but delegated all uh, all judgment to the Son. So, it was not during being a baby, not during his childhood, but during his ministry. In childhood, that would just be partial, but only in his ministry would he be starting to serve. Would he be making himself of no reputation? So, would would that be more correct? In your in, in, in your perspective, would it be more correct to say he served during his ministry? He did not serve as a baby. He was not a servant as a baby, but he was a servant as a minister. I think uh, for, for now I was not thinking about this. But, so, uh, let me just continue. You, 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 you. Okay. I'm going to finish Philippians before we end, okay? I'd like to finish this Philippians. So in verse 7, he did not become a servant from being a baby, but from being a man already. Uh, okay, continue in verse 8. Verse 8. Final verse. Okay, uh, verse 8. And being uh, found. Being found in fashion. Let me find King James. Being found in fashion as a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became, became obedient unto death, even, even the, the death, death of the person. Would it be, would that verse show that he, from his ministry down to his death? Uh, would you agree? Amen. It started from being a man unto his death. He was already a man. When did he humble himself? He was already a man when he humbled himself or he was a god? When he humbled himself. A God in heaven. He was already found in fashion as a man. How did how how do others interpret it? Others interpret it as he was God in heaven. Then when he became a man, he humbled himself. Others interpret it when he humbled himself, he became a man. But what does that verse say? What the what does the verse say? He was already a man. He being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. You see the sequence of events? Biblically, he was already a man when he humbled himself. But in, in Trinitarian oneness and other explanations, he was a God in heaven when he humbled himself to become a man. So, so bro, Francis, disobedient, what, what, what can you explain about disobedient unto, unto death? So being, Does it mean that he, can, he cannot be, like, he cannot be dying? He Yes, yes. So, really... so obedience unto death. There's an action. So not from God becoming a man, but from being a man or being God unto death. So his obedience shows he was already an old man serving God unto his death, because it was the plan of God is to die. <laughs> it was the plan of God he is about to die. That's why he was praying, Lord, uh, glorify now to me. You promised me glory, right? In resurrection. You promised to resurrect me, right? You promised not to let me leave my soul in hell, right? <laughs> so that was essentially his prayer. Lord, I don't want to die. Let this cup pass from me. But he saw, like Moses said in Hebrews 11, he saw the, 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 the promise of God over the mountain, the other side of the mountain. He, he put his trust and faith in God. You know that verse that, Christ prayed to be saved and he was saved. 
You know that verse? Muslims use that verse. You know that verse? Hebrews 5.7 He prayed with tears and cry, strong crying, fervent prayer to be saved, and his prayers were answered. So the Muslims use that verse to say he was not crucified. But I read that verse and I see, see, and I see God saved him from the grave, from hell. That's why firstborn from the dead. So, so in verse 8 there, he was obedient unto death because he saw the promise of God. So he, it was not because he was a baby or because we were God becoming a baby. It was not his own plan. It was the plan of the Father. Why would Christ say, Lord, let this cup pass from me? It was the Father's plan. It was not his own idea. In, in, in traditional churches, they will say it was his own idea. It was his own plan. No, it was the plan of the Father. It's not his own plan. That's why he can pray that. He can pray to say, Lord, can, can, I, can I skip dying? <laughs> because it's painful to die. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will. That's obedience unto death. He knows he's about to die, but he still obeyed unto death. He, he knew if he continued in the path, in the ministry, in the, pre, the messages he was delivering to the people, he will die. He will die. God uh, showed him in a vision by prophecy in the scriptures that he would die. So, so, think about it. If he was God before and he planned about it, why would he pray that? He, he, he's the greatest uh, pretender if, if he followed the traditional interpretation. That he was there before he planned all of, all of, all of it. Then all his prayers are fake. All his prayers, all his prayer about uh, begging God to save his life are all fake. You get the picture? If he was God before, another God who planned him, his own death and resurrection, then all his prayers that you read in the Gospels are all fake. His, his strong tears of crying are all, are, are all fake. <laughs> Glorify now, though, me the glory which I had with thee. They are all fake. You get it? That, that, it, it, it diminishes the significance, the, the glory of salvation. Diminishes what he did in Calvary. If his glory was in the past, then this, this glory in Calvary is, is, uh, no, is of a lesser importance. If the greater glory was in the past. Eh? It was not in the ta- time of Calvary. But if the glory in Calvary is greater than those in the past, that past was the Logos. He pre-existed as the Logos. He did not previously existed as a conscious being then that received literal glory then. You, you, you get the picture? Hello? Yes, so, so here in Philippians, I showed there are contradictions in in interpreting that he was God in heaven and became man just to become humble or a servant. No, he was already a man when he received the glory of God. I can give you verses, but you already know that verses, that the fullness of God dwelt in him after his baptism. So that's the, the form of God he received. And during in his resurrection, he's still a servant of God. But of course, he so, will receive so, power. Okay. So, bro, Francis, how, how you react about... Um, um, this is connected also in John 1, where was God then in 14, the word became flesh in, uh, in Philippians 2. It says also that uh, from form of God to form of servant or form of man. So how you, how you react about 
about this. So the form of God, the time, the time, the time frame it took place is when he was already on earth. He received the he was baptized. Because we must think the same way as he thinks. Uh, Let this mind be in you. It's not because he was previously God in heaven. Otherwise, he should think the same way too. But we we receive power while we are on earth. We receive his commission while we were on earth. So being the form of God when he was baptized. Okay? So John one fourteen, I could say the same thing. The word was made flesh. The word was being expressed during the time on earth. Not uh, not some time before. So the word was made flesh shows that before he was, it was made flesh, he was not consciously manifesting yet. You get the picture? The Word was made flesh. That was only in the New Testament time. When He was conceived in the womb, when He was commissioned for ministry, that was the Word made flesh. That's how when God's expression in Jesus Christ took place. Because before that, before before the Word was made flesh, did Jesus, did people know about Jesus Christ? They only heard about Him through prophecies. That So the expression of the Logos in the Old Testament was not was not in its fullness. It was just a prophecy, a predestination, a foreknowledge, a preview of what is to come, of better things to come. So the word before it became flesh was made flesh. It is not conscious. It is not something. Uh, it is not a being. It's not another being that is aside from God. It's a wrong interpretation to say it is a God at, apart from another God. You get it? It is something that is of God. Something that is of God. That became flesh that made was made into His Son. So His Son was manifested or became came to being in the New Testament. You know Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 and one two, right? If you continue reading, there will be a time when Christ will be begotten. Today I have begotten thee. When God said today, when will that be? Was that in the past? <laughs> I have begotten thee on earth. Christ was begotten on earth. Hello? Hello, hello. So Hebrews 1, 1 and 1, 2, uh, if you could bear with me more, if you go, if you continue reading, he will talk about Christ. And in verse 5, uh, it would read, it would quote from Psalms 2, Today, after so long a time, uh, God would say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. So when will that today is? You get it? It was not in the eternity past. It was not before creation. It was in a point in time when God would introduce his son as a fulfillment of his word. Today, after so long a time. So, there were many prophecies and when even Psalms 2 was a prophecy about begot, begotting the Son. And there will be a point in time when the Son will be begotten. It will be begotten through Mary. It will be begotten in the River Jordan. It will be begotten when He was first born from the dead. Let all the angels of God worship Him. Who came first? The angels of God or Christ? If other interpretation... Will, uh, would be followed. He, pre- he, pre- he previously existed be- even before the angels. But God said, let all the angels of God worship Him. 
Why? Was the, was the angels not worshipping him before? Why would God say, let all the angels of God worship him? He was not yet there when the angels of God were already there. And when he was, came, was brought forth into the world, God said, let all the angels of God worship him. That's the only time he came forth from the world, and you know that narrative in the in the birth of Christ, that angels called the, some shepherds to, to visit the child, Jesus. So that's the that's the correct point in time. So that, that but, but, but in that statement, uh, bro, uh, bro Francis, about um, Jesus from heaven. So uh, uh, if we think that uh, some uh, some point to from from something, uh, just like me from house, uh, from house to mall. <laughs> so I am reality in my house to mall. So how you react about this? That Jesus is from. I would say we must stick to the what the Bible says logos. What was his form when he was in heaven before he came to earth, before he was made flesh? The Bible says logos and we have other scriptures that uh details the the nature of the logos. Being a logos, it's not a same being. We we could compare if we could make a typology for us. Uh, before we were born, we were where? We were in our mother's womb. We were in our father's womb. We were part of the cell of our father. The Bible also mentioned that. Eh? Levi was in the loins of Abraham. <laughs> you know that verse? Levi was in the loins of Abraham when he gave tithes. Have you heard right, that verse? So that's in Melchizedek, Hebrews chapter 7. He said that uh, Levi gave t- paid tithes through Abraham. Ab- how? Because Levi was not yet born. Levi was in the loins of Abraham. When tithes, Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, it's as though Levi also gave tithes to Melchizedek. So, the same thing for us. Our our be, better typology with Christ is, before Christ came to earth, He was in the loins of God. He was God's seed. Okay? Modongenestios, God's seed. And, we also, before we came to earth, we were in the loins of our parents. And if you you go back further, farther, we came from Adam. If you go back farther, we are also in the loins of God. But we were di- not directly sons of God. We are the sons of our parents. The direct sons of God are Adam and Jesus Christ. A- Jesus Christ was the second Adam because he has to come in a point in time when redemption was needed. And man would be created in, his, in God's image. Through redemption, through resurrection. So, so using the type of one person moving from one house to another, that's not an accurate picture of uh, Christ was conscious in heaven, then he came to earth like that. It's not the same thing because there are many scriptures that the statements of Jesus Christ will be all pretentious already. It all the, all the statements of Christ praying to God etc. It will all be a show off. It's just a show. It will be lying. To, to be to say it precisely, he will be just lying. He he did not know all things. Uh, he was just growing in knowledge. He was praying to God to save him. If it's if he all pre-planned it, it's all a lie. But he if he did not pre-plan it, it was God who planned it for him. He was not conscious before. Then all his prayer were genuine. All his redemptive acts were genuine. 
my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? All the his statements are genuine. He's a perfect. He is a perfect pattern for us. So about about um, worshiping. Um, Can we worship Christ? Um, Jesus said. Uh, Jesus said. Jesus said that um, uh, worship. Uh, 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 when Jesus said to Satan that uh, in Luke, uh, worship God only and serve Him. Yes. 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 So, so when this, uh, how can, how can, uh, you, as you said, that this man, uh, Jesus, will be worshipped, but, but uh, Jesus instruct us that uh, worship God only. So, how can you reconcile that? So the old word worship, the old English word worship, because today we have uh, evolved meanings. Eh? But the original word worship means worth, worship, worth, uh, kahalagahan, pahalaga. So worship is pagpapahalaga, means you give worthiness, you give importance. So in the word worship does not originally mean singing to God, no, uh, praising Him. That's just one manifestation. But the meaning of the word worship is giving importance. So give you give priority, you give priority to God the Father before anything else. Now the question is, can we worship others? Can we worship uh, uh, things other than God Himself? What do you think? Can we worship other things other than God Himself? I think we we, we should define first worship because so the meaning is, uh, so the definition I gave for worship is giving importance, giving importance. Of course, we, we can. We can, okay. So, I'm going to show you in Old King James. Of course, newer Bible, those words have disappeared. Uh, do you use a concordance because I didn't memorize everything? <laughs> do you have, do you use, uh, can you use your cell phone for concordance? Or, compu- you're in the computer, right? What, what, what verse? Okay. Um, look for the word worship in uh, Luke uh uh, there is a worship for the friend uh, when you move for, uh, from a higher place, from a higher seat, a lower seat to a higher seat. And there's a worship for a, a, a from your lender, from your landlord lender. Okay. Uh, I would like to focus first on those verses. I did not memorize all the verses, so I'm gonna ask your help to look for it in the, in the computer. Uh, the word worship, concordance, King James. Somewhere in Luke that it says, uh, you shall have worship in the eyes of others. I, I forgot. He- hello? Can, have you searched it? The word worship. It's in... Concordance. Uh, have you... Uh, use the, use the computer because it's very accurate. Do you have a computer in front of you? Yes, yes. Okay, search uh, worship uh, concordance. Go- oh, no. Look. It says uh, Matthew 4.10, look for 8. Look for 8? It's in look. Eh? I know it's in look. The, I'm, I'm looking for the worship for the friend. Look. They, they couldn't, masyadong alam pa nung gamitin 
Okay, okay. So, uh, so let me just say it, uh, just for the record. Maybe you can Google the word worship. Worship to a friend and worship to a lender. <laughs> worship to a friend, worship to a lender. In the Bible. Yeah. King James. So while you're looking for it, I'll uh, try to explain the record. Uh, in Old King James, the word worship was used for friend. No? If you sit in a lower place and the... Your host asks you to move to a higher place. You will receive worship from among those guests in the in a party in a meeting. Mm. Have you seen it in Google? No, no. Okay, so never mind. I uh, just state it for now. That you shall receive worship. So those are one of the example of the word worship because you said. If it if the meaning is importance, you can have importance on others as long as it does not of exceed the importance for God. There's another worship uh, to a lender. Could you Google that? Uh, worship to a lender. He fell down at his feet to worship him. You know that lender that. Uh, maybe in the future I'm gonna look for it again. So um, the word worship. Oh. Since you're in the computer, maybe you can download the track. Uh, could you go to Progressive Revelation Ministry? Okay, or search the word true worship. There, download the track. Revelation Ministry. Search for true worship. It's a track. It's a article I made. So search for the word true worship. So, you're in Progressive Revelation Ministry, right? Yes, yes. Okay, search. Through worship, download tracks, and audio files of worship. Okay, okay, download the track. This one? Yes, yes, download the track, through worship. Wait, this is a document. Yes, yes, it's a document. It's a word file. It's a word doc. It's, a, it's a, supposedly a track that could be printed out and give, given to others or studied at home. It's like a module. Uh, have you opened it? Wait, wait. Okay. And change the glory of uncorruptible God into an image made like the to corruptible man. Okay. And to birds and for footed beasts and creeping things. Romans 123. Uh, Romans 123. Yes. Sorry. Romans 125. 125. Who change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, worship has a level. The level of worship, we must worship God above all things. Uh, there must be no other God before me. That means to say God should be first. Other God should come follow. And uh, more than, you, you notice the word more than? So, 
you can worship other things, but it should not not be more than God. But if you worship other things more than God, then you have committed idolatry. Okay? So that's one verse. So, uh, how about the time of Herod? Uh, when the wise men worship, wanted to worship Christ. What did they want to worship him? Did he want they want to worship him as God or as King? What can you say? Hello. Okay, they want to worship him as King. You know why? Because Herod said. Because Herod said that he also wants to worship the child. <laughs> Do you think what was going in the mind of Herod was the, the one that was born was God or was a king? When Herod said, let, let me also go and worship the child also. So, do you think Herod wanted to kill if he think he is God himself? <laughs> Do you think Herod wanted to kill the child if he thinks he is God himself? He's going to kill a god. When Herod said, "Let me," so maybe let me let us read some verse, Matthew chapter two. So maybe you could look at it. When the wise men looked for Jesus Christ, what did they say? What what were they looking for? A god or a king? Matthew chapter 2. Just browse the verse. Matthew 2. Maybe in verse 2. What did the wise men say? They have come to worship a god or a king. Saying where he is that is born king of the Jews. For we have seen his stars in the east and are to worship him. So what kind of worship did they plan? Were, were they thinking? Worship to a god or worship to a king? A king. Yes. So let's go. Yes. So let's go to Herod. Uh, when Herod said, uh, I will also worship him. Uh, um, verse 8. Verse 8. Please read. Matthew 2, 8, right? Yes. yes. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for that young child, and we have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. So what was Herod to, uh, uh, claiming uh, to worship the child for being a god or being a king? When, huh? As a king. As a king, okay. So, biblically, of course, there are many other verses that I did not memorize. Worship can be given to your lender, your friend, your parents, your kings, your your potentates, your governors, your rulers. So, this one, um, I, I... Uh, Daniel 2.46 
It says, Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, yes. and commanded that they should offer an obligation and sweet photos unto him. Yes. So what is what kind of worship is it? <laughs> Uh, maybe a prophet of God, a messenger of God, like an angel of God, or some king also, some special magician. Because Daniel was identified as the ma- magi. The magi that look for Jesus Christ, the wise men, they are descendants of the, those people saved by Daniel. Daniel saved but, the... Uh, uh, this is not worship about um, God. God or no, not God, not God. Okay. How how could Nebuchadnezzar treat Daniel as a minister in his empire <laughs> if he is God himself, right? He he Daniel was a a right hand minister in the empire. <laughs> so can he order a god that is supposed to be beyond him that okay you be you become my minister, my right hand minister? No. So he looked upon Daniel has a special skill, a special gift. Okay. So being you can worship as a friend you can worship as a lender a borrower to a lender a landlord your boss your parents your governors rulers your king so if you can worship them you can worship the son of god so you if you worship Jesus Christ the right way there's two way of you can worship Christ two ways you you can worship Christ correctly, ah, correct, correct worship, ah. That, that God was in Him. You can worship God through Jesus Christ. You can worship Christ for Himself as the Son of God. But, but this worship is not like God. You mean that? Ne- Nebuchadnezzar to Daniel was not as, as as to God. Even Herod to Christ, or even the wise men to Christ, is not. Jesus, uh, for Jesus, this yes, is yes. worship for Jesus. It's not just like um, God. So worship. Like what JW do? Um, they change the worship to uh, uh, prostrate. I think prostrate. Yes, they change it to prostrate. But the word worship is beyond that. Eh. Worship means giving importance, giving glory. In other modern versions, the the verse that I said that you worship from your friend. In other modern Bible, it says you receive glory. <laughs> they change the. I think I saw also in white version, yeah, worship your mother and father. Ah, <laughs> ah, you you read that, ah? Okay, there's no problem with that because old English means give importance, give importance. When you honor your father and mother, you also worship them. In the old English meaning of the word, because modern meaning of the English today are somewhat uh, uh, changed, evolved, convoluted. So, um, let me give you a verse that you can worship Jesus Christ for himself, not for the Father in him. Uh, let's uh, open up in uh, um, Matthew chapter 14, verse 33. This is for Jesus Christ. Matthew fourteen thirty three. Okay. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. You see that? So, if you worship the Son, I'm not talking of worshipping God himself, huh? worshipping the Son, you can worship him as who he is. 
He is the Son of God, our Bridegroom, our Savior, our Lord. Okay? was made our Lord. So, you worship Him in its, for Himself in His proper place. But Jesus Christ is not just a homoiosius or, or a son. Jesus Christ has homoiosius. He has the same image as the Father. So, can we worship Him as God as we worship the Father? That's the big, big question, right? Can we worship the Son like we worship the Father? Hello? So, let us... Let, so, let, so, so how, how do you know the word worship there is not about like the Father and just like someone else? How do we know? I learned it before because my pastor taught that verse, Matthew 14.33. And I expanded my research and I found other worship for friends and lenders. Even in Matthew 4, uh, you you worship and serve only your God. When Christ said that. But you can use the word... Because, because I, I, I see JW uh, doing doing that thing. Uh, when, when about the Father, they translate worship. But... but in Jesus, they translate prostrate. Um, uh, prostrate. So, uh, I think it is a uh, uh, like um, doctrinal bias, like uh, how they translate their Bible into that thing. But uh, the question, the question is, how do we know that that worship is a prostrate or a a, a God uh, for God? Okay. Okay. Um. It's as simple as this. Uh, we I, we don't deny there are prostrations in 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 the past. Okay, we don't deny there are prostration, but worship is not just prostration. Worship is giving importance. Because you read Romans one twenty five, you they worship and they worship the creature more than the creator. So it's not just prostration. Eh? It's giving importance. You see, when when they prostrate, it's just their their way of showing it. But we can also prostrate before God when we pray, right? But it's not just prostration. Eh? It is in your heart when you give importance. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, him only shalt thou serve. Do we only serve God or do can we also serve our parents, serve our bosses? So we can also serve others, but as long as it does not, Worship beyond beyond worshiping God. Worship exceeding beyond God. We worship them in their proper place. That's why, of a truth, we worship thee as the Son of God. But when you worship God Himself, it's higher than Jesus Christ. You You worship God higher than Jesus Christ, and this is the deeper revelation of the Godhead. You also... Since Jesus Christ is the theophany of God, you worship God through Jesus Christ also. This is another aspect. That's why I said there are two aspects of Jesus Christ. Worshipping God through Jesus Christ and worshipping Jesus Christ Himself as our bridegroom, as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as our Lord. Okay, let's read some verse that Jesus Christ is the theophany of God, that we worship God through Jesus Christ also. Okay, so let's open to John 14, 
verse 9. So there are two, two approach to Jesus Christ in worshiping Him correctly in the right understanding. Eh? John 14. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Verse 10. Verse 10. Uh, Believes thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he thou the, the works, doeth the works. So, this is a different form of worship. This is a different form of worship. The, you worship the Father through the Son. So this is uh, very alien from oneness and Trinitarian. Because uh, oneness, he is the Father himself. Trinitarian, he is a co-equal God. But here in the Bible, Jesus Christ is the way to worship the Father also. If you backtrack to verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So maybe you can look at the verse while I'm mentioning it. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's Theophany. It doesn't mean he's God himself. It means he's the way to God. If you understand that verse correctly, right? Then Thomas told him, uh, Show us the Father. Huh? Oh. Uh, uh, Thomas asked him, show us the, how do we know the way? Uh, no, sorry. Thomas asked him in verse 5, show us the way. And Christ said, he's the way to the Father. And, and Philip said, show us the Father. And Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because the Father is dwelling in me. Okay? So there's another level of worship to Jesus Christ. That's why the oneness have a misunderstanding of who he is. <laughs> they thought he's the Father himself. No, because the Father was dwelling in him. Okay? So, John 14.10 said the Father was dwelling in him, right? Because the Spirit of the Father indwelt him. John 3.34 John 3.34 John 3, 34. 34. And he hath, as he that keep his commandment dwelt, dwelt in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abided in us by the Spirit which hath given us. John chapter 3, verse 34. 34. 3, 4. 24. John 3, 3, 4. For he, for he whom God hath sent speak the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. So God gave his Spirit to Jesus Christ. So dwelling in Jesus Christ is God the Father's Spirit himself. Okay? John chapter 1, verse 33. And one, verse 43. No, 
Spirit of God was in him, speaking him, making him speak the words of God. That's how he has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to raise the people from the dead. That's theophany. That, that's the par, part of theophany I've been telling you before, a while ago. That you on, don't only worship Christ as the Son of God, as our Redeemer. You can worship Christ as God the Father's vessel, as God the Father's representative as the body of God the Father, because God the Father dwelt in Him. Now, my only difference with the oneness is, the oneness do not believe that Jesus Christ has His own human spirit. But uh, oneness, uh, educated oneness, uh, correctly believes that the Father is dwelling in Jesus Christ. Maybe our, our difference is, when did God the Father dwell in Jesus Christ? I believe in John 1, 32, 33, after His baptism. They believe when he was a child, when he was a baby. That's why it's no different from a Trinitarian explanation. So, um, suffice it to say, we can worship Christ through uh, uh, by worshiping the Father in Christ. Uh, and we can worship Christ as himself, as the Son of God. So, let me give you some verse. Um, you, know, you know the verse that Thomas said, my Lord and my God. You know that verse? Yes, yes, yes. That's in the, John twenty twenty-eight. Now, why did Thomas say that? Because Jesus Christ is another person God, another co-equal God, or Jesus Christ fulfilled both roles as the Son of God and as the Theophany of God, or God's vessel, or God's representative. Let's uh, let's go to John 20. I'm gonna show you Jesus Christ pointing to another, to his God and our God, and he can say, and Thomas can say, "My Lord and my God." Um, do you hear the also the answer of the Christian to here? Like Thomas is just like. Uh, excited. Uh, he got excited. He got. He was shocked. He was surprised. Just a a word of surprise. Oh my God! <laughs> that OMG. <laughs> so that's not the right understanding because Thomas was there in John John fourteen six, right? John fourteen five. Show us the way. So Thomas was there when Christ said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." So when Thomas said, "My Lord and my God." He was referring to Christ, my Lord, and he was referring to God the Father, my God. In the body of Jesus Christ, there is the Son of God, and there's, he also is representing God the Father. Because God the Father was dwelling in him. You see that? Because Thomas was there in John 14, 5, eh? when Christ said, I am the way to the Father. 
So when he, he, he correctly understood, when you see Jesus Christ, you see the Father. So when he said, my God, he was not talking about the Son, he was talking about the Father using the body of his Son. I'm not saying Jesus Christ is the Father. Huh? Jesus Christ is being used by the Father. Because, can you see the Father? Can you see God? Hello? Can you see God himself? Hello? No, in literal, no. That's why he uses theophanies. He uses his children. He uses angels and prophets. He uses the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. Then he uses Jesus Christ to show himself. That's why he is the image of the invisible God. God is invisible, but God can use Jesus Christ as the image, the firstborn of his image, in his image. So, uh, Let's read the John 20:17. You can see that Jesus Christ is not God Himself. So uh, INC might have got this, gotten this correctly. This 17. They've gotten 28 incorrectly, but they've gotten 17 correctly. Okay, please read John 20:17. Touch me not. Uh, uh. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my, my God, God and your God. You see, Jesus Christ did not introduce himself as God the Father. He did not introduce himself as another God the Son. He introduced himself as the Son of God. But he also introduced himself as where God the Father is dwelling, is manifesting. So his manifestation is in John twenty twenty eight, when Thomas said, My Lord and my God. But when he was introducing himself, he told the Mag- Mary Magdalene, I am going to the Father, your Father, my God and your God. Jesus Christ, God, is also our God. So some Muslims, partially some Muslims, some INC, some God, some JW got it got it right partially. That he is not God the Father himself. That he is not God himself. But the indwelling, the fullness, that's where they missed it. Let me show you the indwelling the fullness. Colossians one nineteen. What did God say in Matthew when God indwelt His Spirit in Him? What did God say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Right? You can connect the two verse. You can look it up. Matthew 3.17 After the Spirit indwelt Christ, what did God say? Don't lose the Colossians huh? because we're going to compare it, the wording. And there was and a voice from heaven. A voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So it was just after baptism, right? In yes. verse 16, uh, just after baptism, after the Spirit of God dwelt in him, right? Okay. Go back to Colossians 1.19. Notice the wording. It pleased the Father that in 
So when the father said, this is my beloved son, um, I am well pleased, or I am well pleased. In 19, it means he just dwelt his son. This is, for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell. What just took place after baptism is God the father indwelling his son. That's why in Colossians 1.19, it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Matthew 3.17 This is my beloved Son on whom I am well pleased. You get a picture? Hello? So, there is a timing wherein God manifested through Jesus Christ. That's when also the Word was made flesh. Or the Logos was being expressed in flesh. Okay? Uh, let me give another reference that took, talked about that same same event. Acts ten, Acts ten thirty seven thirty eight. Acts seven thirty seven thirty eight. Thirty seven. You start from thirty seven. So you can have a reference of the baptism. That word I say you know, which was published. of Jesus Christ. Then, in verse 38, it got went into detail that God anointed Jesus Christ. God anointing Jesus Christ means God also indwelling Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost. So, this is the part of the Godhead wherein more many denominations miss out. Okay? The one is partially have read this, but uh, of course, they also miss out. Let me ask you, is God, can God be anointed or God is not the one giving the anointing? Of course, God, God, God gives anointing. So, in 38, Jesus Christ being anointed by God shows He is not originally God in heaven. He received the anointing of God. Before you can call Him God, exactly same as the Father, he first received that anointing from God the Father. So let let us uh, let me give you one final verse regarding that in indwelling, okay? Uh, Acts two thirty-three. Acts two thirty-three. Just to show you, God indwelt Jesus Christ. That's why we can worship Christ through uh, worship God through Jesus Christ. Okay. Therefore, being the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. So did Jesus Christ receive the Holy Ghost? From the Father? Just received of the Father the promise. Of the Holy Ghost. So, so that means to say, Jesus Christ was indwelt by the Holy Spirit of the Father, by the Spirit of the Father. 
The Spirit of the Father is the Holy Ghost itself. And Jesus Christ received that Spirit. So let's talk about worship. Can we worship Christ uh, as we worship the Father? If you have the right understanding, yes. You have the wrong understanding, that's why there are <laughs> Trinitarians, oneness, subordinationist Arians today. Of course, if you are sincere in the scripture, if you're Berean, you can see this. But if don't, you don't want to watch the, <laughs> my explanation or other, some others, maybe some others have this explanation, if you're not Berean, you cannot see this. If, uh, if we're faithfully uh, following the Word of God, we can be objective of what we read right now. Christ received the Spirit of the Father, and we can worship the Father as we worship through Christ. So, we don't just worship Christ so, by Himself. We worship yes, no. God in Christ. Okay. Yes. So, lastly, bro, uh, about, um, again, uh, Revelation 1.8, um, yes. it says also there that who is to come. Amen. So, why to God who is to come? Is it connected that um, this Jesus is that who is to come also? Yes. Jesus Christ okay. is the one who is to come. And the Father would come through Jesus Christ because the Father is using the body of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Father is all around us. But Jesus Christ is how He uh, chose to manifest Himself, to make Himself known. Even the name of the Father is being carried by the Son. If you are aware, the word Jesus is Jehovah's Savior. It's also the name of the Father. He don't only carry the spirit of the Father, the deity of the Father, the authority of the Father. He also carries the name of the Father. Maybe let me extend it to this part. When you say, when Christ said, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the name of the Father and the Son is the same name. The name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit. There's a singular name. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They have the same name. The name Jesus is also the name of the Father. So, when Jesus Christ comes back, it's also like the Father is coming back. Actually, it's the Father revisiting the world, reckoning the world for their sins, for judgment. So, so God really not um, representative, so that, that's what you explained, right? Again, again, that God did not represent Yes, because God is all around us. When God visits us, He sends a prophet, He sends an angel, then He sends His Son. His Son is the ultimate second coming, uh, revisitation of God in us. Because when He comes back, it will be in judgment. The world will say, receive judgment. So, because I, I, I also asked this from INC. Yes. Uh, uh, about this verse in Isaiah 35.4. It says here, Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He Amen. will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Uh, if you read the verse 5, uh, it says uh, the symbol or the sign that God will come. So, he, Jesus Christ is the ultimate coming of God. 
doesn't mean he's God himself, ah, because God is dwelling in Jesus Christ. God is going to use the body of Jesus Christ. Actually, the body of Jesus Christ is a permanent theophany, a permanent residence of God. And all other believers that will be made into His image, that will be born, not just firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, those will be uh, born in the image of Christ, they will be the vessel of, Jesus, of God. Not just Jesus Christ, the New Jerusalem, all born-again believers that will be resurrected again. They will be in the they will be vessels of God. So when God comes, it is through His Son and through the church. The church will also be part of the second coming on earth. Well, the first will first the church will first be raptured. Then they, it will come back with Christ in vengeance on this earth. That's the, the the visitation of God is through Jesus Christ and through the church that will be glorified. To be clear, bro, um, God really don't come like he 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 come, but he um he come in his um representative like that. Yes, in his son. Yes. So okay. when 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 you experience the presence of God, that is isolated. Okay. When you feel the presence of God right now in some churches, they feel the presence of God. It's isolated. There is God coming through His Word by the re revelation. If you receive progressive revelation, it's like God revealing Himself to you, visi visiting you personally, personally, yeah? uh, visiting a church uh, privately, isolatedly. But coming for the whole world, that will be the corporal coming of Christ, second coming of Christ, the corporal coming of the church also, after being glorified and uh, wed in heaven they will come back down to earth again so that's uh, the visitation of god comes in many forms hello so the so the the person of jesus christ that's one form one major form of god's visitation uh uh in a in smaller scale the messengers in the church age every revival every our messenger, every message, every progressive revelation in the word, it's a smaller scale of God's visiting his children. And whenever they, also they feel the presence, no? They feel a supernatural uh, wind uh, moving through them, the presence of God's spirit. But those are, those are small, but of course the, the ultimate is the resurrection. The ultimate is the second coming of Christ. So when God, when Christ first came, it is like Malachi 3. God visits His temple. How did God visit His temple? Through Jesus Christ. Uh, you know Malachi 3 1, right? Um, God visits His temple. Could you open up there? That is like Jesus Christ visiting the temple. It's not mean, it does not mean Jesus Christ is God Himself. But God was in Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ visited the temple. Uh, could you read uh, Malachi 3 1? Malachi the visitation on the temple. I will send, behold, I send my messenger before you. And God will do whom he Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. 
That's John the Baptist. And the okay. Lord. Ah, okay. This is it. Then Jesus Christ. Behold, I will send and shall we prepare the way before me. The Lord whom he seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom he delight in. Behold, he shall come, said the Lord of hosts. So Jesus Christ, the ultimate uh, harbinger of the second covenant. I think the, the Lord here is the Tragramaton line. That's God. Pero... But but God was in Jesus Christ. That's a mystery. When oneness reads that, did they think Jesus Christ is God the Father himself? No. God was in Jesus Christ, dwelling in Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ visited the temple. You see? God did not directly visit the temple only like through Zachariah's dream what or what. Not. It was through Jesus Christ already. You remember Hebrews one one? God in sundry times, speak in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, in diverse manners, but hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. When God spoke by His Son, the Son became the theophany. When Christ visits the temple, Christ became the vessel which God used to visit the temple. That, that, that's a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He's not, the Logos of God is the vessel whom God also will use to reveal Himself. The Word was God. You can add you can add this verse related to that John twelve forty eight, maybe start from forty seven, John twelve. It's very good to include it here in this recording. Similar to John fourteen, the words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father dwelling in me. Okay, John twelve, please open up. John twelve, forty seven, forty seven, forty eight. Yes. And if any man hear my words, and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, the world, but to save the world. Forty-eight. In forty-eight, he that reject me, and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Forty-nine. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me gave a commandment what I should say and what should what I should speak. Fifty. And fifty. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So that's Theophany. So when he was a Logos, he was not actively speaking. That's Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. But when he was already a Logos Theophany, that Logos became a Theophany, he is speaking the words of God. So people mis- misunderstand him, think he was introducing himself as God. But he really was introducing the Father. because But the Father was using his lips to speak to them. He, so, so, for you, bro, um, does Jew didn't get it, or does Jesus did not expect him well? Because uh, we know that uh, one of the reasons um, reason that they want to kill Jesus is uh, 
actually to uh, the Sabbath and um, Jesus Jesus is um, pretending like pretending like, like be a God or yes, his, yes, father, yes. <laughs> his father is God yes 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 they accuse Jesus Christ like how the Trinitarians interpret or the Trinitarian one is interpret <laughs> Jesus Christ Trinitarians and one is interpret Jesus Christ himself is God himself okay the Jews also misinterpret Jesus Christ as saying that same way. But Christ corrected them. Christ corrected them. So let's open to John chapter 10, verse 30. Or maybe you can go directly to 33. 33. The accusation. Trinitarians and many others would stop this verse, reading this verse, and focus that they thought he was introducing himself as God. Okay? Now, was Jesus really ad- admitting to that accusation, or he denied that accusation? Verse 34. He would expand the wording of the word God. Verse 34. You know why Jesus Christ said that? So, Jesus Christ was essentially saying, you are also God. <laughs> you are accusing me of making myself God, but you yourself are God. Okay? If you continue reading, he will he will even put, uh, lower himself, saying he's the son of God. Okay? You continue reading 35 to 36. 35, 36. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. 6. Say ye ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and set into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God. You see that? So, uh, Jesus Christ disclaimed disclaimer the, discla- the disclaimer of Jesus Christ is that he is not propagating the word that he is God but he's saying essentially saying there's nothing wrong to be someone called to be God because you also are can be called gods of course uh, Jehovah's Witnesses could, could, could use quote this verse also so, um, using that, that they are gods. Yes, you have to. You need to have the right understanding. The word God is also like the word worship, like the word Lord, could be applied to someone else. That's why God said there must be. Uh, I am the. Uh, I am the. Uh, there must be no other gods before me, in the Ten Commandments. Okay, so. When Christ quoted Psalms, he quoted from Psalms, ye are gods, all of you are gods, because you are the sons of the Most High. And but you, but you, you, do, you must judge righteously. Let me say, gods here have a position of leadership. 
have a position of power. So angels can be gods, humans can be gods because they are in the positions of power. That's in Psalms 82. So here in John 4, 35, uh, John 10, 35, he said, when the word of God came to you, you, are, you can be also called gods. So there's nothing wrong to be called God, but I myself call myself the Son of God. I that. I don't even call myself God. I call myself the Son of God. Now, the, back to the basic question. Is it wrong to call Jesus Christ God? No, because the others can be called God. Now, let's talk about the capital letter G, God. Let's say IMCGI, INC, and uh, JW will say, that's a small letter G, God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. The small letter G, God, is what I call homoiosis, being human being, Adam being uh, not exactly the same as God. But Jesus Christ has the same power as God. Philippians 2.6 Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Christ did not claim to be God himself, but Christ claimed that God gave him power. God gave him power to do his work. To do the work of God. That is also more saying as he's equal with God. You get the picture? And uh, I can also say that becoming one with God. When the Father indwelt him, when the Father indwelt him, he was in the Father and the Father was in him. That is also having the nature of God. Let's go to ano. Uh, let's go to verse thirty-eight. The Father in Him, and He is in the Father. Thirty-eight. This is a deeper mystery. Like, what happened when God indwelled Jesus Christ? When God indwelled Jesus Christ, they became one in the Spirit. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. So, when he was doing the works of the Father, he was accused of portraying himself as God. He was not admitting that he was saying he is God, but he's saying God was in him, and he was in God. God, and he became united with God in work, and in deed, and in spirit. And in spirit, okay? So, if you, if you have your Bible there, you underline the word, I am in the Father and the Father in me. Underline that word. Have you underlined that? Hello? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Since you've underlined that, you can write it there as a cross-reference. Chapter 14, verse 10. The verse we read earlier. There's a terminology similar to this. It, it it also means the Father indwelling in Him. John 14.10. Go to John 14.10. Says here, Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, who do who do it the works. So the Father dwelling in him is the one doing the works. He also mentioned the works in John ten, right? Now, 
underline the word. The Father is in me and I am in the Father. Did he say that? The same term, right? So the, sa the same term, I am in the Father, the Father in me, also means the Father is dwelling in me. <laughs> so what he was saying in John 10, you make yourself God. No, he's going into detail. No, I'm not making myself, myself God. It was God in me. I am in, go, doing the works. I'm doing the works of the, my Father because God was in me. God, I am in the Father and the Father in me. Okay? There's an, we became one. In John 10, he said, I and my Father are one. You know, okay. When he said, I and my Father are one, it means he became one with God the Father. When you say become one, that doesn't mean you become the Father. Huh? means you share and attribute the Father. The Father shared this attribute to you. The Father can feel your sorrow, your pain, your happiness, and you can feel the sentiment of the Father because the, the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son become one. In Catholic doctrine, that's called filioque. Okay? Although it's not much detailed. I'm going to give additional verse for this. Okay? Follow this wording. Huh? You can write it down also, the verses, connecting verses. John 10.38, John 14.10. Then another connecting verse is John 17.21. So let's go to John 17.21. The same, very similar verse, similar wording. And he will say becoming one, like being one, no? maging isa in Tagalog. John 17.21. That they all may be one, as the Father art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the word may believe that thou hast sent me. So, he is not saying he is God. He is saying God became one with him. And as God became one with him, it becomes one with us. Now, notice the word. I am in the Father and the Father in me. Have you noticed those same wording? As thou Father art in me and I in thee. Notice that word? Uh -huh. Isn't it the same wording in John 14.10? I am in the Father, the Father is in me. John 10.38, I am in the Father, the Father in me. You notice those common wording? Yes, yes, yes. So those common wording shows you can connect those three. They mean the same thing. When God the Father dwells you permanently, He becomes one with you permanently. When He dwelt Jesus Christ, He became one with Jesus Christ. So that's the term, I am in the Father and the Father in me. And in John 17:21, He was already saying, as it happened to me, it should also happen to you. As the Father dwell in me, we will also dwell in you. Continue in 22. 22. This will be for the believers now. And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they be that they may be one, even as we are one. You see, but the believers, the believers will receive the same glory. What? So I, I said he's the firstborn from the dead because after our resurrection, that's the fullness of the image. Right now, we have partial of the image. 
claim to be born again, you just have the partial. The, the ultimate being born again is being born from the dead, being resurrected. So, when Christ said uh, that they may be one, I in them, the, uh, 23, I in them, the in the, uh, I in them, they in us, like that. Please read, 23. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So the accusation of the Jews is misunderstood accusation. It's not true that he was introducing himself as God the Father or God the Son. <laughs> he was introducing himself as being sent by the Father, indwelt by the Father, becoming one with the Father in spirit, and will indwell the believer. So the word I in them, they in me, the same. I am in the Father, the Father in me. That's indwelling. That's becoming one. Let me give you the word becoming one, okay? Uh, because this is a new... So, so it means uh, the Jew don't get it? The Jew don't get it. The Jew don't get it. That's, uh-huh. that's why they crucified him. The same as Trinitarians uh-huh. and Oneness don't get it today. They misunderstood because Jesus Christ's words, say statements. They didn't read thoroughly. They didn't tie this up. Uh, if, we, if, we, if we view... Jesus is a good teacher, so <laughs> I I don't I can I can um I can I can think that they can get it like that. They got it partially. They got it partially. That's why the rest of the the interpretation uh. will become Trinitarian or Oneness. They got it partially. They got it partially correct that he has deity, that he is doing the work of the Father. But it's not true that he is rubbing the rubbing the glory of God. He's giving the glory back to God. It's not true that uh, he thought it robbery to be equal with God. His equality with God was not by robbery. It was he was just following orders. You get the picture. Uh, Christ did not think like Lucifer that he wants to make, be proud of himself. If you read Philippians 2, starting from verse 1, Paul was rebuking believers who were becoming proud that they're like some uh, big shot, like someone. They don't want to listen to others. So, but, so, so it means um, the reaction of Jews about blasphemy is um, a really a good thing, right? Because if if that person is not Actually, a God, you should, you should, you should kill that person. Right? Yes, yes. If uh, if they, if if that person was claiming to be God the Son, God the Father, he's worthy of death. Okay? No, he was telling the truth. It's a deeper mystery of the Godhead that they just did not understand. In a, you know, today in the Christian world, there are many people who does do who do not understand. But it doesn't mean. They're already condemned. They must, unless they shut their their minds. Did you know that many of the Jews will be 
will be converted. <laughs> that means to say, those who condemned him later would repent. Many of those who condemned him will repent. Did you know that? So later, some of them will receive revelation also. That's in the book of Acts already. So right now, many Christians might not understand what we're talking about. But if they're Berean enough to listen to this audio, I'm going to upload this audio in Facebook, uh, called your Time Series. If they're humble enough to download this, listen to it, check the verses in the scripture, they, have, they might have a chance. They might not understand it immediately, but they must not be uh, proud to close their minds. Ah, I don't want to listen to that. That's hogwash. That's garbage. If they don't understand anything, being Berean, it means to say, you have to uh, study day and night the scriptures, whether those things were so. You need to be like the Bereans, like to check it day and night in the scriptures. What is lacking today in the churches is due diligence to check it out. Many are not diligent enough to check it out. So it's like the Jews. They yes, but but um, actually, you use verses. They use they use verses to. Uh, it means, yung yung fight dito yung labanan or the 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 war is is the war here is about how to interpret uh, those verses. All right. Okay, that's true. But let me tell you, if we are sincere, if they are sincere. That the examination should be very thorough. It should not be partial or like whimsical. It should be thorough to the point. Uh, you see what he's saying? Is there a point? Because it it can easily be if it's a major teaching, it can easily be proven disproven. If you're not filled with bias, huh? if you're not filled with uh, partisanship from your denomination or loyalty to your dogma or denomination or group. If you are objective on the scriptures, you can easily see that. You can easily see, like, uh, what is the meaning of logos? It's right there. It's very easily to be seen. What is? Uh, did re- did Christ really receive the Spirit from the Father? It could really be seen. How does it inter- impact the interpretation that He is another God? How does it impact? Did He really receive inherit the name of the Father? Is Jeho- Jesus really Jehovah's Savior? It can re- easily be proven. Eh? But what is, the battle right now is the spirit of the devil giving us bias in our hearts. If we have bias in our hearts, then we are partisan, like we are one camp versus another camp. But if we are Berean, we do not no longer think that way. If we are Berean, we check each other's evidence. It's like scientists. There is an, a universal truth. Uh, does uh, electron really move in the matter? They can prove it in other parts of the globe. That's the, they, they confirm, oh, yes. Okay? The atom is made up of electron, proton, neutron. They can replicate the experiment. They can prove it out. If they could not replicate it, it's hung. It's not, it's not yet uh, confirmed. The same with uh, court cases. And both lawyers argue uh, innocent or guilty. <laughs> but when the evidence comes, sometimes they cannot de- deny it anymore. That's in the court cases. Even today, in even our receipts, uh, are you really paid? Are you, are, have you made your payment already? I have proof. I have paid already. The same here. Uh, do we have proof about what we are say, talking about? 
Yes, we have history. We have the scriptures. And these scriptures lines it up more perfectly than the previous traditional uh, understanding. We compare the traditional explanation for the scriptures and this uh, newer, if this is a more correct interpretation of the scriptures, it will be much more smoother. It will, it will be much more uh, uh, smooth in reconciling everything. It will be much more logical. It will not be much more, it will not appear to be ridiculous. Example of ridiculousness. Uh, he already had that great, that great glory in the past, but he he, he lost it. <laughs> Your question before, the same did when did he had amnesia when he came to earth and become a child, uh, and he was starting grow grow in knowledge again. Did he had amnesia, or it was just his first time when he was praying to be saved? Did he, he did did he doctor it? Did he plan it? What it was it all just a show, or it was all genuine? It can easily be answered. Eh? When God said, let us make man in our image, is the ultimate fulfillment in the time of Adam or in our time? When when people will be made, brought into his perfect image. Which is the more complete image? Uh, just being holy or also having power and immortality from the resurrection? So, it could easily be answered if you compare them. Just to be objective. I've debated with others who are I've seen people in the debates, they're dishonest. They're dishonest. Because they have, even if you have a point, they have to ignore it. They have to ignore your point and they just have to to portray to others that they're better. <laughs> a, a better kind of debate is not whoever wins or what, but finding out the truth. Having a discussion and admitting one the, the other's point. Uh, I wonder if you heard my previous debate on the Godhead when uh, what is the right word, uh, God the Son or Son of God? I did not totally uh-huh. reject the word God the Son because I said you can have a right understanding, but most of the time it's the wrong understanding. So I'm trying to be Berean here. I'm trying to admit you can, ha- you can have a point. Uh, the other party might not be like that. But in this role in here, in, in this Christendom, the walk of faith, uh, the walk of faith is being Berean. Now others might appear to be winners in a debate, but that is in the eyes of people. But the real winners of a debate is not to be winners in the eyes of the people, but knowing the deeper truth. Because a person might learn something from the other side. And he, he, it would make him grow be, deeper in the Word of God. The real winner is in the eyes of God. <laughs> Because he wants to walk deeper in the Word of God. <coughs> he wants to uh, be honest. Okay, he wants to be sincere. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any more questions? This uh, the Godhead topic is very um, marvelous. You know, it's not many aspects. Maybe um, uh, um, next time na lang. Kasi yes, sir. It's too, too late. Uh, I will upload this audio in uh, Kogeo End Time Series. After I've uploaded it, uh, you can download it. But right now, you can download other audios already, similar to our topics. There are lots of topics I discuss similar to this. But uh, I think this is the more, the more, one of the more lengthy ones. Okay? And if this is uploaded, I will tag you. Okay? Okay, okay thank you. God bless.
I'm gonna stop this audio.